Next on BYU Sports Nation. Well, isn't that special? I already regret doing that. What will it take <laughs> in 2017 for BYU football to have a special season? The man who taught me how to tie my first tie, Uncle B, a.k.a. Blaine Fowler, joins the program. What does BYU's record need to look like after the Furious Five in order to keep college football's attention in October and November? And Ronnie Perry of Women's Volleyball and Team USA stops by Studio B. What's it like to represent the red, white, and blue? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, live from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation is live, everybody. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Monday, July 10th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with Home Run Derby baseball collector, Brian Logan. Holla at your boy. Um, you going to be watching the Home Run Derby tonight in Miami? That would be a negative. <laughs> you're not, you know, it's essentially baseball's equivalent of the slam dunk contest. Yeah, I, I know, man. I just It still doesn't draw your no, attention. Nope, doesn't, not at all. I mean, I used to, I used to growing up. I used to play baseball, and um, I used to always win the home run derby, man. Always with with my friends and my and my like teammates. With wiffle ball? No, which I mean, come on, give me some credit. It was a tennis ball. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it's a tennis ball, man. But no, I mean, I used to, I used to play, and I think with uh, with Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, growing up watching them, those guys, it, it was just more appealing to me. Yeah, you know? and I think when when it was when everybody was juicing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now I'm not saying go back and juice, but I'm just I'm just saying it's a little bit more exciting. And I think really, really, what happened with me, man, was when I got into what I think fourth grade is when I started playing football for the first time, and then baseball just got boring for me. So home, home run derby tonight man. in Miami, as I mentioned, all star game in Miami tomorrow. I'm going with the the hometown guy, Giancarlo Stanton, hitting home runs in his home park. Uh, but we shall see. Got to ask you a question though. I'm driving home this morning from the gym, okay? It is at about, I mean, it's a few minutes before 6 o'clock. It was like 5.55, 5.56, okay? I'm pulling into my neighborhood, and when I pull into the neighborhood, it's not, that's not where I live. You have to go further in. Okay. But as I pull into my neighborhood, I'm driving up the street, and I happen to notice a guy mowing his lawn. And it doesn't register with me. It's like, oh, there's a guy mowing his lawn. And then all of a sudden, it dawns on me, wait a minute. The guy's mowing his lawn at like five minutes to six. Horrible. And I'm thinking to myself, what is this guy doing? And what is his neighbors thinking? <laughs> so it got me thinking, like, like, what is lawn mowing etiquette? What is the absolute earliest? Seven o'clock. Th- seven o'clock you seven think o'clock. is fine? Seven o'clock, man. Because I think it's eight o'clock. And I even got like some eye rolls from people when I said that. You that said they, eight? I said like the minimum. That you can mow your lawn. I can see that is eight a.m. I can see, I can see eight, but se- I would say it's it's really when the sun is like fully, fully out, right? And I would say like between six and seven is when the sun is creeping to this, its highest point. Look, you should not be mowing your lawn. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe there was something pressing that there was no other chance for this guy to do, lawn, <laughs> and he absolutely had to do it. He but probably, I, had, he probably, he probably had to do it last <laughs> night or yesterday and forgot, and his wife was going to get mad. At All him. I know is I am glad that I did not live next to this person because I have a feeling there were some pretty angry 
neighbors as this guy was mowing his lawn pre-6 a.m. some baseballs were thrown at his, his head. So glad that I was not his neighbor. Let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Tanner Mangum and Fred Warner were named to preseason watch list today. Mangum was named to the Maxwell Award watch list, given nice. to college football's player of the year. Fred Warner was named to the Bednarik watch list, awarded to the college defensive player of the year. In case you're into the watch list, the Mackey and Remington Award watch list will be announced tomorrow. Nice. Shout out to those guys. Pro football focus has BYU center Tijon Karoma as the second highest ranked return center in the nation, Behind only Arkansas, Frank Ragnow. Uh, PFF produces numerical grades for teams and players by watching and grading every single player on every single play, Jason. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an analytical um, – it's statistics. It's, you know, everybody – they look at literally every play – and so they, they know what they're talking about. For him to be second highest, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, man. I mean, you have, you have scouts that, that, you know, come in. They look at your height, weight, your measurables. Um, they look at kind of things that you can't really, uh, I would say, either coach or like, oh, this kid has grit or this kid has a motor or this kid has heart. Um, they, they go the more scientific approach, yeah. right? So it's out of how Very many analytical. out of how many snaps – um, did did Tijon win versus X amount of opponents or whatever the case may be? I and mean, that's how granular they break it down. Um, I've seen a couple stuff of, of theirs, pretty good stuff. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I mean, when you can have some science be- and you get ranked behind, you know, the analytical side, you do when the numbers can back right. it up. Yeah, exactly. it makes it even more impressive. Mm-hmm. Eric Mika and the Miami Heat face the Washington Wizards today in the Vegas Summer League at four thirty Eastern. You can catch that game on. NBA TV and ESPN3 again at 4:30 Eastern. Ashley Hatch scores her fourth goal in five starts Saturday as the North Carolina Courage defeat the Seattle Rain 2 to 0. Rise and shout. Time for what's trending brought to you by Ahern Reynolds. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. A special season. Ah, the two words every fan hopes for for their team. The interesting part of a special season is that, like many other things, what constitutes a special season really depends on your own definition as a Cougar fan. Win total obviously is a factor for most people. A special season could also be a record-setting individual performance that puts either a BYU player or players on the national map. Dare I even say it could be beating your rival. That may come up. Who knows? So with that in mind, we are asking you today's Twitter question. What would make 2017 a special season for BYU football? First tweet in at BYU underscore Bob. 10 and 3 is a great season. 11 and 2 with losses to Wisconsin and LSU make it special. Especially if we receive a New Year's Six invite. 10 and 3 I mean, I agree. You get to 10 wins, especially with a schedule like this, that's, that's pretty impressive. You go 11-0 and 11-2, and yep. yeah, I'd say that's a, that's a pretty special season, that's, especially if, as he said, you're receiving a New York Six. I think the most special season is going undefeated, right? Well, and, of course. You can't get any more special. And winning a national championship. All right. right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that's special. That's a special season. If I'm, that's your bar, 
in anything below that's not special, I think you're setting yourself up for for disappointment. Oh, major disappointment! Like walking off a bridge, man. You you'll need some therapy. Uh, let's let's be a little bit realistic, right? Um, I would say there's there's you know three things that I really focus on. So obviously you got to beat Utah, um, and then you have to have a signature win. And, and so right now when you look at the schedule, you would say Wisconsin. You could say LSU. Um, you know, maybe throw in uh, Mississippi State in there as well. Um, and and then ready for this one, Jason? Drum roll. End the season ranked in the top fifteen. Top fifteen. So not just top twenty-five. Not just top twenty-five. Top fifteen. That to really? me is a special season. Yep. Really. That, that's that's why. And this is this is why, man. When you look at the end of the season. Some teams end up sliding into the top 25, right? Right. And, and by default, you have, I don't know, teams that, that are from G5 schools. And, and because you have these, these Power 5 schools, they start knocking each other off during conference, right? You, they start ending up with, what, 9-4 and four, um, records. You know, they, they're solid teams. Maybe they lose by a couple points here and there to teams that actually go to the playoffs or, or – you know, pretty top tier teams, and they end up falling out just because of of losses and, and some of the the the, the stats and, and how it's structured. And so, to me, it's just like ah, you're 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 only in here because you but you got ten wins, right, or whatever the case is. And so, top fifteen to me, man, means you truly deserve to be there. Um, and, and and if you are there in a the top fifteen season, uh, top fifteen rankings at the end of the season, you've won some big games, right? You've won big games. Uh, on the, at home and on the road, because that's what it takes. Um, and, and, yeah, that, that's what makes a special season. For me, and you talk about defining what a special season is, ultimately I, I really do think it's win total, but I think it goes much deeper than that. As much as the individual performances are exciting and rewarding for the players or the players who achieve them, mm-hmm. some of the shine, though, is taken off when the overall team success is lacking. So I, I think it has to be a team goal. So to have a special season, you have to have a schedule to play, right? Yep. And that would, that would warrant attention if you're successful. So BYU check. absolutely has that. Check. You have the Furious Five, LSU, Utah, Wisconsin, Mississippi State, and Boise State. Because of that, a special season for me will be because the Cougars take care of business against the Furious Five. At minimum, that to me means winning at least three of those five games. Okay. Now, and All I'm right. going to take it even a step further than that. Okay. It's okay. not just winning three of the five. Okay. Anything above three wins is total gravy. But I think one of the wins has to be Utah. Has to be, yeah. You got to snap that yeah. losing streak, yep. right? Yep. You have to. And then one of the other wins has to be either LSU or Wisconsin. Yeah. Whoever the third win is, if it's Mississippi State or Boise State, I, I, that, that doesn't matter. Right. But three of the five and two of those three, one's got to be Utah, one has to be either LSU or Wisconsin. And the reason I say that, and it goes back to ultimately your, your win total, is because if you're doing that, if you're winning three of the five, yeah. then to me, if everything else plays out like you would expect the season to, you're all but guaranteeing at least a 10-win season. Right, exactly. And, and that, I mean, to me, that's a special season, man. And, and and you go back to those signature wins, right? And I, and I think back to when I played Oklahoma. And, and I don't care about Sam Bradford and them not finishing ranked or whatever the case is. 
I mean, they still show highlights from that, right? And and even even a year afterwards, they were talking about it. all throughout the entire season of two thousand nine. They were showing those highlights. That that's a signature win. It's against a branded school. Um, it's it's against a it was a ranked opponent, right? Um, and when we went into that game, uh, and I would say we we went in confident. Um, and, and felt that we could win and play with anybody, but the nation didn't, right? right? Uh, especially Oklahoma didn't, right? Because they didn't come prepared. Uh, and so to me, that that right there makes a, a special season. And it's still talked about now. People are like, man, I remember you, Oklahoma, man. And I didn't really see you that much because you were short. But yeah, dude, like, <laughs> yeah, you were good. And I don't know why they call that pass interference call and yada, yada, yada. That's a, that's a special that's a special or a signature win, and then you go on go on uh, longer, right? In two thousand uh, nine, the last year we we beat Utah uh, with 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 George and overtime win. I mean, all of those things. Uh, you know, we finished ranked top twelve. Um, what eleven wins? I think we only lost two games. That right there, that entire season, all of those things that I mentioned was was special. Well, I mean, a, a signature win, a special season. If you get one of the games against LSU and Wisconsin, you're certainly on your way, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. According to ESPN, FPI, Football Power Index, LSU is ranked 10th and Wisconsin is ranked 9th. So either way, if you're getting one of those two, you're knocking off a yeah. top 10 team in ESPN's solid. Football Power Index. Pretty solid right there. Yeah, you're, you're, you're getting, as you like to call it, one of those signature wins yeah. for sure. Yep. What do you think? You think it would be a signature win if BYU beat Portland State? Countdown to the Viking. 47. Woo! That was nice. That's we not bad. We practiced that. We weren't sure if we were doing the phase. <laughs> We weren't sure what we were doing. Nice job. Our Twitter question today, what would make 2017 a special season for BYU football? At CJ Hershey, nice. beat Utah. Ten wins in the regular season with no losses to Mountain West Conference or equivalent Ooh, teams. Okay. Hmm. okay. Coming up, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, and his hair, by the way, on what he thinks it's going to take to make this year a special one for BYU football. This is BYU Sports Nation, and that is Blaine. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. Answer your question. Jason, do you like to have things on demand? Always. See them whenever you want, however you want? Always. So I assume that you have downloaded the BYU TV apps and the radio. I don't go anywhere without either. Yes, amen, brother. So uh, BYU, high five <laughs> BYU Sports Nation, do the same thing. If you're like Jason and myself, <laughs> you want things right now on demand, download the apps and never miss an episode or a special moment or any piece of content that has to do with BYU sports. Our Twitter question today, what would make 2017 a special season for BYU football? At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94. The season will be special if BYU finishes the season ranked in the top 20. Now, you said top 15 finishing the year. Um, 
at Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94 says top 20. He also says it would also be nice to beat Utah. Just sort of in passing. Yeah, it'd be nice. Well, we're going to ask our next guest, Blaine Fowler, national champion and BYU TV dual threat analyst, joining us here in Studio B. Hello again, Blaine. What's up, guys? Uh, What's going on? Hey, Fred Flintstone, or whatever his name is, is... This is, he's setting his expectations way too low. This guy right here said top 15. Well, that's top even 15. too low. Like, not, not ranking-wise, but there's way more to it than that. Just yeah. being ranked, they've been ranked lots of times when it wasn't a special season. Okay, well, let's ask you then. What would make 2017 a special season for this BYU football team? So special to me, you know, we special is a big word. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, so I have a whole, like, list in my head of what makes that. So, <laughs> so they have to do things that they haven't done for a while. So first off, how about beat Utah? Okay, so they need to beat Utah and break that streak. Because to me, I mean, they could still have a special season, but but if, if they don't beat Utah, it taints it just a little bit. So say they finish in the top 20 and, they're, and they have a great run um, and win double-digit games, but they don't beat Utah, yeah, it takes I a little agree. bit out of the special. Yeah. So yeah. to me, that's that they have to do that. Then they need to beat a ranked team that's ranked at the end of the season, which they haven't done in a long time. Ooh, yeah, so, yeah. so they're going to have to come up with a win against Wisconsin, Utah, LSU, one of those or two of those. Um, and then, then I think double-digit wins in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So that's 10-plus that's in the regular season. Now, remember, they play 13 games. So I'm letting them have three losses yeah. for Pete's sakes. <laughs> so why not get 10 in the regular season uh, ranked in the final poll? I say top 20. I don't know if they have to be top 15. So if they do all these other things and they're ranked in the top 20, I'm cool with that. And then, then I added a couple things that I want to see that I think help them get there. They need to be in the top 25 in the country again in total offense. Yeah, I want to see them back up in the top 25 in total offense. I think they need to be in the top 20 in scoring D, which they have been. Yeah, they now, have been, yes. Now combine that with a potent offense. I, I think they need to be in the top 10 in turnover margin to be able to accomplish the things I said yeah. at the front end of that. Yeah. And they were top five in the country in turnover margin last year. Yeah. So defense I'm not asking them to do anything that they haven't done. I'm asking the offense to to come up, take it up take and it up and, and, and balance things out a little bit, and then the schedule sets up for them to have a special year. But yeah, to me, it's a lot more than just being ranked in the top 20. Yeah, yeah, so, and, and and you know what? We, it wasn't Fred Flintstone that said that, right? Who was that? Was it Barney Rubble? Who was it? <laughs> <laughs> not sure. It may have been Wilma. It was, I don't. Okay. It was it was Bam Bam. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, to, to give you a little bit more context, so I said beat Utah, right, end up ranked in, in the top uh, 15 at the end of the season, and then have a signature win, right? Yeah. That, those were those. And, and the only reason why I, I said that, what, what laid the, the foundation for me, Uncle, was, was 2009, right? And, and that was the last time that we were ranked. We, ranked, we were finished top 12 um, in the nation. We beat Oklahoma. Um, we had that uh, nice overtime win against Utah, which was the last time we beat Utah. Right. right? Um, and so everything about that to me was, was, was special. Um, I do like what you said, though, as far as uh, beating a ranked team that finishes ranked yeah. at the end. Cause, so so with, with, with what you said earlier, as far as finishing ranked, but then Utah, losing to Utah takes away. Do you think that Oklahoma win, you know, maybe it takes away it, a little bit? So here's the thing about an Oklahoma win, or I'll go all the way back to 1984. They beat Pittsburgh when they were ranked number two um, in the country. Now, Pittsburgh wasn't that good that year, but because they beat Pittsburgh, it put BYU on the map. So it immediately moved them up maybe 25 places in pollsters' minds 
Yeah, we, we, we so, went from 19 so, so gives, to So it gives you an opportunity. So even though Pittsburgh wasn't ranked at the end of the year, I'm not going to call it a signature win, but it was a launching win to get BYU in the national um, you know, mindset. Yeah. I think an Oklahoma win did that for yeah. BYU. Even though Sam Bradford goes down and they're not good at the end of the year, that's a bigger win than even though they weren't ranked at the end of the year because people went, oh, BYU is going to be better than we thought. Maybe we better be thinking about them when we vote every week. Yeah. So sometimes you can get a win early in the season against a big-name opponent that isn't as good um, at the end of the year, whether it be injuries or whatever, that still has an impact on your season. I thought that happened in 2009. I thought it happened in 84. But – to me, those are launching wins, but not signature wins. It's not like Miami. Like the signature win of all time is Miami. Right. Number one when they beat them. Number two at the end of the season. Yeah. Yep. That's maybe that I think that's the biggest win in BYU history. Ooh. Well, and and I think what you were talking about in terms of having a win over a team that ends the season ranked. I mean, last year and and this was a really interesting uh, debate that uh, that we had on the show last week in terms of schedule. And I know it's somewhat unfair. Because we know how we felt going into last year's schedule, mm-hmm. yeah. and then we know how it turned out because we have hindsight to look back and say, okay, well, this team wasn't as good as we thought. But, but the question was, and I'm curious your take on this, which schedule is tougher for BYU football? Is it what they faced in 2016, or is it what they will face this year? I, I think this year's, the front half of this year's schedule is tougher. Yeah. But that's easy for me to say because we're looking back on last year. we know what happened yeah, yeah, last year. We know that Michigan State wasn't as good as we thought they were going to be. Um, and so now when you look at this year's schedule – LSU's a legit top 10 team. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're likely going to be ranked at the, last, at the end of the year, and they're so deep that even if they have a few key injuries, they're still yeah, good enough matter. to be ranked in, in the best league in college football. Um, Utah, I don't think, is going to be as good as last year just because they have to replace four NFL offensive linemen and an NFL running back. Yeah. And so that, that's hard. It's going to be hard for them to live up, and I think in their own division, USC is going to be so much better than they've been. So that, that division is going to be tough. So Utah – but they're always good defensively, and that rivalry game makes it a huge game. Wisconsin, I think, is a legit top 15 team, maybe a top 10 team, and I believe they will be ranked at the end of the season. And so so now you've got – so here we're talking about two teams that I think, unless the wheels just completely fall off, are going to be ranked at the end of the season. So how about getting one of those two? See, see, that was mine. I don't know if you heard mine, but three of the five beat Utah with one of them, and then – a second one of LSU win, or either one of L- I think that sets everything up. It sets yourself up then for 10 wins. It sets yourself up to be ranked. I, I think it sets the table for everything else. Yeah, and Mississippi State, you know, Fitzgerald's coming back at quarterback, so that's a big deal. Yeah. And But you got to think about who they play coming into the BYU game. Oh, yeah, so, so Ben Bagley and I were talking about it, our producer, and they go LSU, Georgia, and Auburn coming into the BYU game. <laughs> Come on. So it's a cakewalk. And so, and yeah. so here, here's the thing. So you have Wisconsin – at home, yep. probably going to be ranked at elevation. Yep. Teams have struggled here in, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the best shot. LSU with Geis coming back, who is probably the best running back in the country coming yep. back. And if he's healthy when BYU plays him, that's a. And then in Houston, everybody's like, oh, that's a neutral site game. Sorry, yeah. folks. Um, the number one team in terms of fan interest in Houston is the University of Texas. Funny, it's not the University of Houston. The number two team in terms of fan base is LSU Ooh, in Houston. Wee. So this isn't going to be like Glendale, Arizona where BYU has as many fans as U of A. LSU is the home team in that game. Tremendous team speed all over the place. Physical up front and one of the best running backs in the country. That would be a marquee win for the ages if they right. beat them. But, but let's just say they don't get that. There's no reason they can't get Utah. They can't get Wisconsin at home. That's a tough one. Yes. But now we're talking about filling that criteria for a special season where that's a team that's likely going to be ranked at the end of the season. And that's a team that if BYU beats, people go, okay, we can forgive them if they lost 
against LSU on the road. But now they've beaten Utah and Wisconsin. Now you're ranked. Yep. Now you go get Boise State, another very, very difficult game. And then Mississippi State, that's not as crazy a, with what they have coming in. Maybe, maybe that's another big name win you get at a team that, well, whether they're ranked or not at the end of the season, I don't know, but they're going to be a winning team that's going to go to a bowl game. Now you're set up to get to the back half of the season where BYU shouldn't lose a game. Right, yeah. So, so I mean, we, we, we talk so much in, in the last month, two months about – the, the Furious Five, right? But but looking at the non-Furious Five teams on this schedule, which do you think is the toughest? So so it's one of two for me, and it's just because of road, because big-time road, having to travel. So East Carolina always has good team speed and plays great defense. They haven't been good the last couple of years, but that's a trip all the way to the East Coast. With, they're going to play a team with a chip on their shoulder that's going to want to show them something. And BYU is going to be on that back end of the schedule. How healthy are they going to be at that time? Oh, yep, yep. So, so East Carolina is a tough one because they'll match up with BYU and maybe have probably have more team speed than BYU has. That's a tough one. I'd probably rank that one number one. Even though they haven't been good, I, I rank that one. But two is at Hawaii at the end of the year. I've I been, hear people say I've, that a I've lot, been in there personally. I've been in there personally against teams that on paper you go, this Hawaii team shouldn't match up with BYU at all. People over there still care. BYU is still a rivalry in, 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 at the University of Hawaii. Not as much as it used to be. BYU hasn't been taking the player of the year from Hawaii away from them every year like they did during a period of time. But there's still a lot of folks that have interest in BYU in Hawaii. That's a rivalry game. That'll be the biggest attended game that, that UH has at home next season. And it's the end of the year. Yep. BYU maybe nicked up a bit at the time. And Hawaii will play out of their minds in that game. I've played some close games over there against teams that shouldn't have been close to us, but that's always a good one. So that one scares me because the length of travel, the distractions of the beach, the big time zones, big time zone cha- time zone changes. And I don't know, is there a time on that game yet? Ooh, because 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 uh, they used to like to to start those games late at night. It so, says uh, on the website uh, 4 p.m. Hawaii time. Okay, so that's not as bad, yeah. but because they used to try to schedule for 7 p.m. Hawaii time. <laughs> So that's 11 or 12 o'clock. By halftime, you're in the locker room, and the coach is coming to talk to people, and they're like, (laughs) you know, they're all tired already. So four is not quite as bad. That that should be uh, an advantage to BYU. But it's a tough road trip. I've done it before. It's hard to focus. It's hard to concentrate. That would be my my biggest struggle as a player is is how do I not like get on on this beach, especially especially the last game, right? I think it'd be little a little bit different if it were I don't know like week five or week four, but it's kind of like that senior, like your senior year, right? Yeah. And it's like, this is my last final. Hey, I'm not going to mark everything B. Lavelle, Lavelle used to say, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lavelle used to say, hey, I don't want anybody going over the beach and on and on and on. And we'd go, oh yeah, coach, we won't do that. Like, we're winking at him. We're not doing to do that. Right. And then we'd go over to a place that we thought was a pretty remote beach and there would be 15 of our teammates. <laughs> you know, we got, we got 300 pound guys going in that, whatever that thing is, the blowhole where you wait till the thing comes up and then you go down in it and you go under the rocks for 30 meters and out in the open ocean where you could kill yourself yeah no thanks so that kind of crazy (laughs) stuff coach says don't go to the beach well here's my half my teammates at the beach (laughs) so it's a it's a hard one to listen to but and then it depends on where BYU is at at that time of the season if they got a bunch on the line still and, and they're double digit wins and they're ranked in the top 20 and there's big bowl implications BYU's gonna have you're right absolute attention and focus but if if they've you know yep. if they've lost some games and they've already locked in what bowl they're going right. to play in and all that then hawaii has a chance to sneak up on them so to me it's road trip not because of talent and it's either hawaii or east carolina okay so with with that in mind then talking about the back half of the schedule what does byu have to do 
as they end the, that Furious Five. So after the Furious Five, they all have played six games. What do they have to do in that stretch in order to maintain relevance through the back half of the schedule where you're not playing the upper echelon teams? So four and two in the first half is my feeling. Yeah. So and, and and a couple of quality wins. So so if you're if you're four and two, that means that I'm giving them two losses. Who, who are those two losses to? Wisconsin, L- LSU and Wisconsin. You know, I think you're still okay because I think those teams are going to be ranked in the top ten. I think you're still okay and you're still relevant. You win the other four games. Now you go on a run. And remember, I said you only had to get to ten wins. Now, now you have a chance to get to eleven wins in the regular season with your only two losses against ranked teams. Um, ranked teams. Not just ranked, but possibly ranked in the top ten. I think you can be nationally relevant. In fact, in the national conversation, if, if you're four and two coming out of that. now, you come out of that five and one. Now everybody's yeah, now talking. You've got now everybody's... they're all saying, "Is BYU the team that breaks into, yep. you know, a, a New Year's Six bowl?" You know, that, now that conversation of five. So to me, the target has to be five and one. That's you, where you want to be, right yeah. there. You well, and you've got every. I mean, every you're going to be. Everybody on the back half, the October November games are going to have you circled anyway. Oh, yeah, you're, if if yeah. you're in that situation, it becomes even bigger because they want to knock you off. Yeah, a target on your chest and on your back and in the middle of your forehead <laughs> yeah. is, is what you're going to have at that point. But isn't that what you want? Yeah, exactly. isn't that yes? If if you're if you really want to be a big time program, you want to go into every game where everybody's. I mean, what does Alabama do every year? Yep. I mean, in LSU, for that matter, right. they have a target on their backs before the season starts every single year. And that's what you want. You want to get everybody's best. And so, hey, if BYU goes into the back half where they've got targets all over themselves because they're coming out of that thing five and one, fantastic. That's, that's what you want as a player. Now you're playing for some people say, well, what are you playing for after the first six games? If you're five and one, you're playing for national respect. You know, for people talking about you every single solitary week on the national media, that's what you're playing for. So that would be a great thing. So, to me, four and two is is acceptable, really good actually. Five and one in those first six. Wow, now we're now we can start really talking about special. Yes, exactly. All right, All right he is Blaine Fowler. His hair and his biceps, second to none. I need, I, I'm kind of shaggy. I think I need to go get a haircut today? I think I need to go get one today. We'll see. Next week I'll report in. You can tell me if I went too short. <laughs> biceps. We see. should all, all three right. of us oh, do. Look, right. look, look. Come, okay. Jason. What? Flex, right. flex him up. Flex him up. Ooh, take that picture. That's a good one. That's a good out. one. Yeah. Yes, yes, Blaine, yes. thanks. Appreciate the time right, as always. Unk. Twitter question today. What would make 2017 a special season for BYU football? Coming up, what say ye? We'll read more of your tweets and break down what will make 2017 a special season. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back. Jason Shepard and Brian Logan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, if you missed Uncle B breaking down what he feels BYU needs to do to have a special season, you can catch that interview and more on the BYU TV or BYU Radio apps or download the podcast. All about the podcast. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. Yeah, me too. All about the podcast right now. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Tanner Mangum and Fred Warner were named to preseason watch lists today. As soon as the word watch list was mentioned in our pre-show meeting, everybody's eyes got real big. Right. Everybody was excited. <laughs> it's that time of year. Here we go. <laughs> Mangum was named to the Maxwell Award watch list, given to college football's player of the year. Fred Warner was named to the Bedneric watch list, awarded to the college defensive player of the year. In case you're wondering, the Mackey and Remington Award watch list will be announced tomorrow. All right, nice guys. Time to time to put it on film now. That's right. 
Pro Football Focus has BYU center Tijon Karoma as the second highest ranked returning center in the nation behind only Arkansas Frank Ragnow. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with Pro Football Focus, uh, they produce numerical grades for teams and players by watching and grading every single player on every single play. They do their homework. Eric Mika and the Miami Heat face the Washington Wizards today in the Vegas Summer League. That game will get underway at 4.30 Eastern. You can watch it on NBA TV and stream it on ESPN3. Prayers go up to Eric that he uh, <laughs> gets some playing time. Had a DNP yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's move him to a top two. Top two. I like Prayer it. Prayerless. Okay. I like it. Uh, Ashley High scores her fourth goal in five starts Saturday as a North Carolina Courage defeat the Seattle Reign 2-0. to zero. Our Twitter question today, what would make 2017 a special season for BYU football? You can chime in. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN. One of your, one of your criteria was a signature win. Yep. And we were talking about how you define a special season. I think the same could be made for how you would define a signature win. Yep. Because I, I think there are a lot of different dynamics that go into what a signature win would be. You know, so so we were, when we were talking about this, man, I mean, I had, like, five ideas, but I think Uncle B just, like, shattered them all. <laughs> you know what I mean? When, when he said, Just look, crushed your dreams. Look, he just, uh, yeah, I mean, he just, he put it into perspective. And, I mean, I look up to Uncle B, so I think, I think rolling with him um, should probably be the standard, right? As far as, uh, you know, my, BYU coming in, beating Miami, and then, uh, you know, they're ranked number one, and then you, they finish, what, number two, so... I mean that that I think that is should be the standard. But when you look at a signature win, I, I think first and foremost you gotta look at the branding, right, of the school. And so you can say like a UCLA, um, USC, um, Oregon, maybe Alabama. You know those are our brand Texas, yes, right? Yes. So even though Texas, you know, wasn't Texas when when BYU beat them, to me that's still a signature win. That, that snaps heads, right? It's like, oh, okay, wow. Let me ask you this: Would beating Utah be a signature win? Negative. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a signature win. I don't care if Utah was ranked, you know, top five, man. I don't like. Like I don't. I I can't see that being a signature win because of the of of the relationship. It's a rivalry game, and it's it's one of the top rivalry games in college football. And so I don't think that that would be a signature win. You're you're supposed to go into that game. You're supposed to win on both sides, right? This goes for for both ways, and and because you're supposed to do that. To me, it's not a signature. It's like, okay, good, good job, man. Good job. You did your job. You go study now. You know what I mean? So, and 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 our producer Ben Braggins said the same thing, right? A, a signature win is going to a game that you're not really expected to win. And so, to me, I can't I can't count that. But when you also look at other op- like other categories for signature wins, I like the 2009 Utah win, right? right. Like to me, that was signature. Um, you were 18th and 19th. We were ranked, um, you know, overtime game. And, you know, we had a nice overtime win, right? And, and there's, like, we will always remember that. There's highlights and stuff that's always played, always talked. We still talk about it now to this day. To me, that's a, that's a signature win. So those are a couple different examples and categories of what a signature win is. Our Twitter question today, what would make 2017 a special season for BYU football? Let's get back to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Melocopter, hear me out. Uh-oh, it's never good when you start out with hear me out. A fourth down conversion. Oh, on a fake punt. All right. All right. Yellow. Yellow. Now, no. now Melocopter. You're banned. You're banned. You would have gotten the red card timeout. if you had actually used the phrase you didn't. So we're, we're just giving you the warning. 
You still got to go like to timeout. Like inferring. Though. He still has to go to timeout. It's a, a specific uh, play. You're blocked from Twitter for 20 We will not hear you out. For 20 At minutes. <laughs> B Royal Blue Coog. One or two losses, sound wins over bad programs, good wins over good programs, close loss losses, or win wins, that's a lot here, to great programs, a.k.a. all in caps, consistency. That's how you break down a tweet right there. That's man. a lot going on in that, that tweet. That's, that's perfect. I like the sound wins over bad programs. I like that, man. Uh, at Justin D. Sweeney, beat Utah, be ranked at least half the weeks during the season, national discussion. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. Up next, fresh off of her tenure with Team USA, Ronnie Perry joins us in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jason Shepard and Brian Logan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. You can watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. Yes, and if you guys never want to miss um, any episode, any moment, um, any content. And why would you want to miss it? Right, yeah, right, exactly. You wouldn't. For BYU Sports, go ahead and download the apps. So many times where the apps have saved my life, like when I'm in the grocery store, in a long line, and Sports Nation is on, I just pop out my app, put some headphones in, and, you know, that line doesn't seem as long anymore. No, no, no. Jason. It just so. makes the life – it makes – let's be honest. It makes life a whole lot better. Yeah, so, you know, download the BYU TV uh, apps and, and radio apps and, and, and save a life. Our Twitter question today, save a life. Save a life. Wow, that's, that's impressive. It's pretty deep, huh? It is deep. <laughs> sure that part's totally accurate. <laughs> Twitter question today, what would make 2017 a special season for BYU football? Uh, this first tweet coming in from Salt uh, Master Smooth. Yep. Master yep. Smooth. Master All right. Smooth. Sorry, shouldn't have struggled with that one. Okay. A win versus the team up north, above 500 against the Furious Five, and finishes top 25. Hashtag Kung Fu Panda. Hmm. Not sure okay. what that has to do with yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at Jaker Kemp, inning season with top 25 ranking, we'll need to pull off some big wins to get there, but I think this team has the talent to do it. Speaking of talent, She's joining us in Studio B. She is Ronnie Perry from BYU Women's Volleyball. She's the outside hitter. She's also now part of, uh, of Team USA. Welcome back from uh, Team USA. Oh, thank you. Here's what you need to know. This is, this is the kind of the behind. The, we're going to pull the curtain a little bit. As soon as Ronnie sat down in the chair, the height differential was messed up just a little bit. And Brian immediately said, what, what did you say? Like, I got to pull my chair I'm going to have to put my chair up. <laughs> I did. That's, it, why, that's why I look like three inches taller right now. It, it looks a lot better than it did. Just wait, wait. I, I, I wish everybody could see this, but I'm, I'm so tall now in my chair that, like, the support for my feet, I'm dangling. I yeah, and, and the circulation <laughs> is being cut off to his legs. No, it literally is. Like, look at that. Yes. See that line right there, Ronnie? See that line right there? Yeah, that's not yeah. part of my jeans. That's, that's the circulation getting cut off. So, as we mentioned, Ronnie, uh, you've been with Team USA, and we had you yeah. on a little bit ago, and it was right after the announcement. You were talking about how excited you were to be able to have this opportunity. Now that you were there and, and played a couple of matches in Minneapolis, what was the experience like? Um, it was unreal. There was just a lot of really, really good volleyball players there. Um, I made a lot of friends from all over the country, and it's going to be cool going into the fall, seeing how they all do with their seasons and everything like that. Um, it was really good competition the whole time I was there. Practices were hard. They were tough because everybody was just going hard the whole time. 
Um, the matches were really cool. It was fun to see because we were at the junior girls national tournament thing. Mm-hmm. And so there were just a lot of younger girls there, and they were just, like, so into it. And it was fun to see all those girls, like, look up to us like that, I guess. It was really cool. So what do you think that the biggest takeaway um, that, that you'll take from that experience and, and try to implement that into this upcoming season? Um, I just think that – so the USA – um, team they play international volleyball and it's just kind of like a different type of play I guess than college volleyball and so I think I learned a lot about how that works and everything like that like there's just a couple of rule differences and stuff like that um, and so I think that I can take some of the things that I learned about that and implement it into my play here at school and I think it'll help me there a lot. When people find out that you're from BYU what do they know about the program? <laughs> It's actually pretty funny. They would, so I'm married, and that was the first thing. They would, like, we all started following each other on Instagram and stuff, and they're like, who's Ronnie? And I'm like, that's that's me. And they're like, you're married? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, why? And so I just, like, explained to them, like, well, it's not really that weird at my school for me to be married. And then they just start asking a bunch of questions, like, so what, like, what's with the whole no coffee thing? Why, like, why can't you guys drink alcohol? And then they get into the, like, well, then what do you do on the weekend? <laughs> like, <laughs> we so, like, what do you do in Provo? And so was, there's lots of funny conversations like that. And then lots of good conversations just about, like, why I chose to come here. Because I'm not LDS, so they did, like, a lot of people didn't really understand that. But <laughs> okay, so I time out. I'm not LDS either. Hey. Hey. Good job. Good yeah, job. we got four high fives on the show. So, yeah, so what, so why so tell them that cuz I I'm, I got married my senior year too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got married my senior year, but um I mean, the, yeah, the values and just the yeah. and just the community and everything like that just yeah, it just it just made sense. Yeah, me. it was a good fit for me cuz I yeah. feel like at a lot of schools um the partying and stuff on the weekends takes away from people's focus on their sport yeah. and their school and stuff like that. And that was really important to me. And so I wanted to come to BYU because they had like those high standards and good values. And then it's also a really good academic school. So it's just a good fit. And then, so when you say that, what do you, what do they, how do they react? They're just like, uh, okay. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, uh, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. But I'm just like, <laughs> a lot of them just didn't really seem willing to give up their kind of lifestyle, which is fine, yeah. you know. That's what yeah, they like. You you are part of of something that's really cool that's going on with with BYU volleyball, and it's both on the men's and the women's side. Yeah. Obviously, you and then Aloe right now is in, I believe, Slovenia. Yeah. On on another uh, Team USA roster, so you guys are are doing this with with Team USA. Uh, Alexa Gray, former player, former great, is with the Canadian national team. Yep. You have Taylor Sander, Ben Pass, Jake Linglois in World League. What does this say about volleyball at BYU? I think it's just proven that like we're we're here, we're a solid team, and we're not someone that can just be looked past anymore. So, I think it's just kind of like we're growing, and it's it's showing on the national level. So, our our Twitter question today um, pertains to, to BYU football about having a special season and what they need to do. Um, for for you guys, what do you think um, you guys have to do to to have a a, a special season? Um, one thing that our team really kind of pushes to keep on the forefront of our mind is that um, anyone can be anyone on any day. So that means that we can be any opponent that we play, but it also means that anyone can beat us if we're not on top of it and if we're not focused. Yep. So that's kind of how we take everything. And I think if we keep that focus and we just like focus on our next opponent every time we're about to go play a match, 
I think that we'll do good things, and I think that it'll bring that special season out. You know, every year you guys you guys lose really good players, and then every year you guys bounce back because you have really good players in the program. Two years ago was Alexa Gray. You know, this last year you lose your two middle blockers yeah. in, in, in Whitney Howard and Amy Boswell. So what, what kind of expectations do you have right now heading into the season, which isn't very far away? Yeah, it's coming quick. Um, I'm really excited. I think that kind of our identity as a team is going to change a little bit, and I'm excited to see kind of where that goes. We saw a little bit of a change in the spring season, but just gaining our freshmen, they just got here a couple weeks ago. I think it's going to be really exciting to see how they fit and what they add to our program. So, so Yeah, so so walk me through that because I'm, I'm trying to remember when I was playing, and there's only seven of us as, as seniors. Uh-huh. Um, so it was like, you know, we were outnumbered trying to bark to the to the freshmen. Um, of just how things go. Mm-hmm. Um, how is how is that typically with with you guys? As far as hey, we do things this way. This is you know we we are confident. We're we're not punks or whatever the case may be. Um, I think it's just kind of we have a lot of good open conversations with the new girls as they get here. Just kind of like if they do something that's kind of like we'll just yeah. kind of be like hey, I, like I want you to understand that this is what we value. This is what we do, and here's why. And so then it just kind of gets them in a mindset of, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then nobody's feelings are hurt, and we can move on. That's good. I'm going to use that with my wife. (laughs) (laughs) You you mentioned that you guys are playing a little differently. Uh, What do you think is the strength of this BYU volleyball team heading into the year? Um, I think that we're going to be strong on the pins, and then I think we're going to have a really good block this year. So I think defensively we'll be really good, and it'll give us a lot of opportunities to turn the ball around and score. So. Well, it's been it's been a lot of fun to watch you. I, I I told you before we went on air. I they had a, a stream of some of the the Team USA matches, the inter squad matches, and uh-huh. I was able to watch. It was a lot of fun to to see you representing the red, white, and blue. So congratulations on that, and, and good luck in the upcoming season. Yeah, I I, I want to I want to prepare you. Uh, we're going to give you the BYU Sports Nation karma, but Brian likes to hold hands to to do this. He likes to transfer <laughs> it by touch. Yeah, do- so we're giving you the BYU Sports Nation in a different way. Before- that you've given it to J- Jason and the guys, they, they just make it weird. So. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. I'm going to lower, lower my chair now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ronnie Perry from BYU Women's Volleyball and Team USA joining us here in Studio B. Appreciate her time. As always, our Twitter question today, what would make 2017 a special season for BYU football? Coming up, it is the Cougar Whip Around, and it is loaded. Which former Cougar signed a pro contract? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and Ronnie Perry. If you missed any of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Tanner Mangum and Fred Warner were named to preseason watch list. Mangum was named to the Maxwell Award given to college football's player of the year fred warner was named to the bed Narek watch list award awarded to the college uh, defensive player of the year pro football focus has byu center tijon Karoma as the second highest ranked returning center in the nation uh, behind only arkansas frank ragnow uh, pff produces numerical grades for teams and players by watching and grading every single player on every single play cougars in the nba Eric Mika and the Miami Heat face the Washington Wizards today in the Vegas Summer League at 4.30 Eastern. You can watch that on NBA TV and stream it on ESPN3. Also, Jennifer Hampson signs a seven-day contract with the WNBA's Indiana Fever. Hampson's first game will be Wednesday against the San Antonio Stars. Soccer. 
Ashley Hatch scored her fourth goal in five starts Saturday as a North Carolina Courage defeat the Seattle Reign 2-0. Also, men's soccer falls to FC Boulder 4-1 on Saturday. Volleyball. Team USA dropped their final two matches of World League play to Brazil in the semifinals on Friday and to Canada in the bronze medal match on Saturday. Taylor Sander led the U.S. in scoring in both matches with 20 points versus Brazil and 14 against Canada. Now, either Sander or Patch led the U.S. in scoring in each of their 13 World League matches. Also, Alexa Gray led Team Canada in scoring with 25 points in a 3-1 victory over Croatia. Gray also led Canada in scoring in a loss to Argentina on Friday with 18 points. Cougars in the minors. Colton and Mahoney pitched five innings and got the win Friday, allowing seven hits and one earned run while striking out seven in a Greensboro Grasshoppers victory over the Lakewood Blue Claws. Brennan Lund went 4-4-11 with four hits and two RBI and two runs in three games over the weekend for the Inland Empire 66ers. Colton Shaver went 2-8 with a run over two games for the Greenville Astros. Cougars in the major leagues. Jacob Brugman went one for three yesterday in an Oakland A's loss to the Seattle Mariners. Jacob Hanneman went two for five with two runs and a stolen base in an Iowa Cubs victory over the Omaha Storm Chasers. Baseball. Daniel Schneeman went two for seven with a walk and a run and two St. Cloud Rocks losses to the Waterloo Bucks over the weekend. Cougars <laughs> in the PGA. Zach Blair finished five over par, tied for 73rd at the Greenbrier Classic this past weekend. Cougars that overseas. That's a cat, right? Not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Kalani Purcell posted two double doubles over the weekend. Friday, uh, Purcell had 18 points and 12 rebounds. And Saturday, she finished with 12 points and 11 rebounds. She was named to the William Jones Cup All Star Five. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. How about giving our Rise and Shout to Jennifer Hampson? Back in the WNBA, signing a a seven-day contract with the Indiana Fever. Congratulations to her. Our Twitter question, what would make 2017 a special season for BYU football? Our elite tweet of the day comes from one bald Cairo doc. (laughs) Uninterrupted game viewing. Is number one, two, beat Utah, three and four, surprise LSU and Wisconsin, and number five, success back east, six, end in the top 27 tickets to a bowl game. Yet that's about it. Seven things? Are you kidding me? The conversation continues 24 7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. All right, for Brian, I'm Jason. Shout out to Dan Van Sweden. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. This, look at that picture. This is BYU Sports Nation, and that is awesome.